Christian Bailey, and he'll come and do our scripture reading for us. May everybody stand. If you have your Bibles, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. And it reads, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, Haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying his power, and from such people turn away. And may God bless it, the reading of his word. And you may now be seated. Thank you. Very good. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we honor you this morning. Father, we thank you that you called us to be light and darkness. Father, first we say to you that it's a privilege to be able to serve a God who has given us so much. And God, that you would even consider to use this vessel, Lord, to bring about your truth. Father, there's nothing that I could have done I give all the glory and the honor to you. Father, what I'm about to share, Father, is what you have given me. I pray, Lord, that your church will receive it well. The evidence of their receiving it well will be their life, their lives being changed moving forward. So, Father, we just stop everything at this moment. And we want to hear your voice. Speak, Holy Spirit like only you can. Change us where we need to be changed. Motivate us where we become complacent. And Father, as always, you'll get the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you this morning about a subject, the church versus the culture. I think it's fair to say that we are living in a time where we are in such cultural warfare. It's a struggle against right versus wrong, holy versus unholy, Jesus versus Satan, the believer versus the unbeliever. This is worth saying again. You've heard me, some of you who've been here for a while, You've heard me say this, but I got to say it this morning because it really drives home the point that we want to talk about this morning. When every one of us enlisted in the kingdom of God, you know, those who are have military experience, when you enlist in the military, you learn a whole different culture, a whole different way of life. And when you entered into the kingdom of God. You're a new person, you're a new believer. There should be new values. Everything about your life changes. 
But what is important to recognize is that when you came into the kingdom, there was a there's there's now a target on your back. You didn't necessarily ask for the target. You just said, well, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I want to live just a good Christian life. That all depends on what you think good is. But you are a target because there's spiritual warfare that was going on way before we ever got here. And the battle is for the souls of men. The church can never, ever forget that. That what our main focus is and what we are fighting for are the people that are out there who don't know Jesus Christ because he is coming back. He is coming back. This is not just some thing that we just do on Sunday because we're bored and we have nothing else to do. We have come because we understand that, 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 that Jesus is coming back and all men, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Having said all of that, the enemy, Satan, how I many you know you do have an enemy? Some people want to believe that Satan is a guy with the red pitchfork and he's just kind of standing there. And, no, no, he, 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 ain't, he ain't that. The Bible says he translates himself into an angel of light. And let me tell you something. He has ratcheted up his rhetoric. He has ratcheted up everything that he's doing to the point that I'm beginning to see. And I don't know. You almost got to be just dull spiritually. Not to see as a believer. Where things are headed. You look at people now and, and you know, everybody look at this, this whole problem with the economy, uh, the world economy, and all of these problems that we're seeing, not only in our nation, but nations across the earth. I'm telling you that things are happening. And it's high time that the church get really serious about what we're called to do. You know what the devil would love for us to do? He would love for us to be just so preoccupied with uh, little trivial things. Things that don't really matter. Because, as I said before, he is after the souls of men. He is not going to stand by and let us, the church, try to win people to Christ and bring them into the church and into the kingdom of God. He's not going to allow that to happen without some kind of strong resistance. And the devil is now trying to silence the church and our culture today. He wants you to be quiet. You know, as a Christian, you know, you can almost you can almost talk about any other religion on the planet. And everybody seems to be cool with it. But the minute you walk inside the school and you got something on your on your shirt that says Jesus, everybody got a problem with it. Do you ever wonder why that is? Do you think that that is just an accident? That something that just happened? The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places, high places. That we're in a war, people. And when you're in a war, God didn't just tell us to just get in our little Christian huddle on Sunday morning and just hide and just stay silent while the devil pull everybody else into hell. The devil will, oh, he's, he's cool with you going to church. Oh, go to church and sing and shout in church and praise the Lord. Do all of that. Just don't shout out there. 
Don't 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 take it out there. But but yeah, y'all y'all do all your little stuff and do all your little your neat little programs and, and all of these neat little things that everybody go to church looking for. You go do all those cute little things. That's good. That's good. But whatever you do, just just don't do a whole. Just just keep it quiet. Don't because you don't want to say anything that to offend people. Whatever you do, you got to be respectful. How many of you have heard that? You got to be respectful of other peoples and other religions. I'm very respectful. We should be respectful because God called us to be people that are respectful. But he never called us to compromise truth. I will respect you. But if I see somebody and I see the house is on fire and I know you're in there, I'm going to yell and scream and tell you, get out. Wake up. Call the fire department. Because the thing is about to burn down. Where is the urgency in the church? Where is the sense of urgency when we get on our knees and we cry out to God and we begin to say, Lord, help us. Lord, move by your Holy Spirit. Where is the urgency in the church? Where's the urgency? Where's the passion? Where are the people of God? Why aren't we crying out to, for God to move by his spirit? But the culture, we, we become desensitized. And we see these things. And after a while, we say, okay, that's happened to them. But, you know, that's, that's me. I'm not going to go to these places because I might get hurt. I just don't see Jesus being intimidated by anything or anybody. Because I mean, know the devil he wants to intimidate you. Keep your mouth shut. Don't you dare say that your God is the only way to heaven. What's wrong with you? Don't you say something. Don't you say such a thing. Are you out of your mind? Don't, you better not say it. They're like, the enemy is like daring us today. He's daring us to say, don't say nothing because you, you don't want to offend nobody. But you know, somehow, love sometimes will be offensive. If you really love somebody, sometimes you're going to have to offend them. Because love rejoices in truth. Right? It rejoices in the truth. And if the Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. So if the Bible says now that we have this treasure in earthen vessel, that we know the truth, but we are somehow afraid to talk about it, then how are we going to help anybody out there? We become just another social club, just another organization doing good things, but the church is not making a difference. I don't want to be a part. I, listen, I've never been a country club member. I'm not interested. And I don't want to be one at this level. When I leave this earth, I want to know, and I know, I know you want to know, that, God, I made a difference. Lord, I tried. I may not get everything the way I wanted to get. Everything may not go the way I wanted to go. But I made, I made a difference. And let's look at this thing. Let's talk for a moment about the condition of the culture. First Timothy chapter number four, verses one and two. Are you there? I don't think you are, but if you can turn there, First Timothy chapter Four verses one and two. Now I want you to hear this. Now this is this is a message this morning, and and and, and I'm gonna preach it in a way that it's a sense of urgency because this is a wake up call to the church. And it reads, 
Now the spirit speaks expressively. Or the, now the spirit expressively says that in their latter times, some, watch this, will depart from the faith. Watch this now. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hard iron. The latter times denotes the last days, right before Christ get ready to come back. Now, I know every generation believe that Christ is coming back in their generation. But the Bible says no man know the day or the hour, but we can tell by the increase of wicked activity that it's knocking at the door. It's knocking at the door. He says now in the latter time, the spirit speaks clearly. Are you hearing the spirit? God is always talking. The question is, are we listening? He said the spirit speak expressively that in the last days, the folks will depart from the faith. Why? Because there is a seduction today. Deceiving spirits. Deceiving spirits that are based in falsehood, false teachers, leading people astray because it looks right, it sounds right, it looks polished, and it must be of God. Deceiving spirits. And what you're going to see is an increase of these deceiving spirits. And, you know, one of the things that you got to understand about Satan. Remember, the Bible says he translates himself into an angel of light. One of the things that you and I must understand is that Satan always mix a little truth in a lie. He's very good at that. He'll do just enough because all of us know Christian language. He'll do just enough to pull you and say, oh, there must be a God because... They said, praise the Lord. They said, hallelujah. But he knew just enough to hook you in and then he deceive you. Men will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirit. And watch this. Doctrines of devils. The devil, listen to me. Watch. Now, I want you to hear me. I say this with all the love that I can muster up. The devil don't want you to read your Bible. He don't want you to come to discipleship class. You think that's just an accident? The people are not hungry to get into the word? He don't want you to. He don't want you to because if you don't know it, you're gullible. You're gullible. Because, there, listen, there is a fight for your soul every day. Even when you don't think there is, there is something that is pulling at you every day to try to pull you in this direction. And if you don't know this book, and I'm not talking about just knowing that you go to heaven, that's good. But there's so much more to Christianity than just knowing that you're going to go to heaven. Because if that was all that mattered, why didn't Jesus just take me when he saved me? He left me here with a purpose. He left you are here today because God allowed you to breathe to make an impact for him. Amen. That's why you're breathing. That's why you're here today. So we can't we cannot we cannot we cannot miss this doctrines of demons. They're coming. And every day I watch the TV, I see everybody coming up with their own religion. 
Their own thing. I, I remember not too long ago on the Internet, they said they had the Church of Oprah. What is that? I remember listening to her one time and she spoke. And I'm sorry if I offend somebody, but I feel froggy this morning. I'm going to do a lot of leaping. Y'all just got to pray for me. But I remember that she said, and, 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 you know, she said, well, I was kind of, I always thought that Jesus was kind of cool. You know, I never really thought that he really meant that, that he's the only way to heaven. I really don't understand all the people that people like that. They're just bigoted. They're just insensitive. I never really, I never really thought that. And this lady claimed that she been there, had an experience with Jesus. You see? And, and see, and how you know this, you're going to see a lot of people talking about they have these experiences. They died and they saw the Lord. And the Lord told her. That it does not matter what you believe. All that matters is, is that you love everybody. <laughs> Deceiving spirits. We laugh, but it's a doctrine from hell, and a lot of people are buying it. Because you can go to a church now. I told you I feel far, I'm going to leap. You can go to churches now and see men and women not preaching or holding uh, true to the word of the Lord. Amen. Preachers marrying people that are in same-sex relationships? Where does that come from in the Bible? But, watch this. They tell you today, watch this. Shh, you can't. You. What's wrong with you? I'll take a bullet in the head. Do what you got to do. But I'm going to die preaching this truth. I'm going to die preaching it and whatever. Listen, I made up my mind 20 years ago. I've come too far to turn around now. I'm sorry. I, 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 no, I ain't apologizing. I've come too far. And, and, so, and so we got to understand that there's a, there's a war. People are fighting for your souls. And the devil, he knows for believers, if he can somehow lullaby us to sleep, give us a little pacifier. And just, just make us quiet and don't say nothing. And the church is supposed to sit there and see all of this stuff happen around them. And, and we're not supposed to say anything. God called you and me to be light. Light. Oh, gosh. He called us to be light. In 2 Timothy I'm, I need to do this. I, the, the scripture that Christian read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now, you see the list there, right? The Bible talks about in the last days. For men, watch this. And, and I'm not going to read all that. I'm just going to take a couple things from it. You can keep it up there. You can keep it long. But it talked about men will be, we're living in perilous times. Perilous times mean dangerous times. How many of we're living in dangerous times now? You know, I, I was thinking the other day, it used to be a time when I was a kid, and I don't know who I was talking to about this, but it used to be a time when I was a kid that, that my mom would let us and all of our mothers, you know, of my buddies and my friends, we would go out in the yard and we would play outdoors and we might not come home for the next day. We were, out, we were playing and we were having a blast and we played all day long. But now... It's like you can't let your child go five feet from away from you because there's somebody lurking in the corners. There's some pervert somewhere that is being inspired by the devil. 
that is lurking, trying to steal that which is precious. Lovers of money. Bible did not say that money is the root of all evil. It's a love of money. Every problem, every corruption, everything that we see that happens in our world that is wrong today, you can tie it back somehow to the love of money because the love of money in a lot of people's mind equals power. But you know, for the believer, we don't need money to have power. We need money only because God has set up a system, but, but that doesn't really make us powerful. Our power comes from him who is unlimited in power. So men will be lovers of money and disobedient to their parents. I'm just taking out a few. Disrespect of parents. See, teenagers today, how many of you see that all the time? What? And we think that's cute. No, mommy, pap, no. Oh, you hit me. You don't stop. It's the spirit of the enemy. Because you got to understand, you are cultivating something. And from the moment that your child is on the scene, you are teaching, training, and that child is processing. And I've come to find out the kids are much smarter than you think. And they absorb a whole lot more than you think. And I see this spirit today where kids are just disobedient to their parents. And their parents just sit back and let them do whatever. And would that translate into... A disobedience not only to their parents, but to other authorities. And so they grow up in life and they don't listen to nobody. I don't have to listen to you. And so they have a disrespect for authority. I was coming, let me tell you something. My daddy, my daddy wasn't a perfect man, but he looked at me. He didn't even have to touch me. I better not even look at him like I disrespected him. They couldn't do it. But nowadays, you hear teenagers. When I was a school resource officer working inside the public schools, working with kids, it took me a good year to get over the kind of the way the kids talk to their parents. It, it, I'm like, what? What? And then you see them come to school and they disrespect authority there. And so then they grow up adults and they disrespect authority. They don't like authority because they don't understand that authority is there to preserve and to protect all that is good in the society. People got problem with authority. You know, what, you, know what, you know why that's the case? Because it's the spirit behind it. The devil had a problem with authority. You don't got to listen to God. Eve, God is keeping stuff away from you. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead. The whole world has been plunged into sin because of it. And you and I are sitting here today stuck because somebody decided to disobey what God said. I got to keep going. Brutal. It talks about they're brutal. I'm giving you the condition of the world. And then I'm going to tell you what we're supposed to do. Brutal. Tucson, Arizona. What will make Somebody walk up to someone who they don't know, didn't really have any interaction with. This woman went to school. She worked hard. And the other people that are there that got assaulted by the. And this guy walks up and put a bullet in her head. 
walks into the courtroom and smiles about it. Brutal. And I marvel because we're all in our society today, you know, every time somebody do something, they're sick. Oh, really? Duh, I had no idea. Sin is a sickness. You know that, don't you? Some people are evil because they want to be evil. But there's no conviction of soul and conscience to say, you know, I, I feel bad about this. Well, you and I look at it and be like, wow, what's, how, how could you do such a thing? They just smile about it. We're living in the last days is what I'm trying to tell you. And what you saw in Tucson, I don't want to scare you. But what you saw in Tucson, you're going to see more of it. And not only in this country, but in every place across the world, because the hearts of men are becoming colder and colder and colder. That's why I love the word, because it warns us that it's going to happen. So that when you see it, you don't lose hope. Because Jesus already said, I've told you these things already, so you would know. That when you see them, you don't lose hope like everybody else. People are confused. They don't know what to do. They don't know which way to go. How are we going to get out of this? Why are people like this? What are we going to do? Shh, shh, shh. You're a Christian. You can't talk. See, because can't, everybody can't believe like you, you know. You know, it's funny how the devil tried to silence us. But, you know, he ain't shy about telling you to shut up yourself. The devil ain't shy about telling you, I don't believe in your God. I don't want to hear your God. Am I right about it, Diver? Did you get an email like that? They, they got no problem telling you that. But here we are. We're going to be, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to offend nobody. See how the enemy does? I want you to see there's a spirit behind it. Look at uh, Matthew chapter number five. I believe uh, we have that scripture there. Matthew chapter number five, verses 13 and 20. I got to move. Matthew chapter five. Watch this now. Now, this is the most important part of the message. So you need to stay with me. Please stay with me. He says that you are. Watch this. Are you there yet? I guess I got to get there. Somebody say, hurry up, Pastor. Y'all weren't supposed to say that. Okay. All right. Matthew chapter 13. Watch it. He says now uh, chapter number five. Verses 13 and 20 through 20. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Wow. Is that power packed or what? You are the salt. Anybody know what salt is? Salt is a preservative. It keeps things from being corrupt. The Bible says that you are not the pastor, not some other preacher, not the Bible school teacher, not the crazy religious folks. He says you, believer, Christian, who gave your life to Jesus, are the salt of the earth. That means that everything that is good in society, that we're the ones who are supposed to preserve it. 
We're preservative. I mean, we got to defend this gospel. We need to preserve what is good in the culture today. Failure to preserve and defend the truth. He says that if salt has lost its flavor, it is good for nothing. And you know what the enemy wants to do? He wants you to be not salt. He wants you to just be good for nothing so they can trample under your foot and just pay you no mind. Now, that should make you mad. You mean tell me you're going to not pay me some attention? I mean, my God created this whole thing. <laughs> my God created the heavens and earth. And you want, you're going to, you know, let me tell you something. I am going to open my mouth. I am going to be salt. Salt, if it's going to be effective and do what it has to do, the salt has to engage. We cannot, listen people, we cannot, you may not ever hear this message again. I want you to get it. You are salt of the earth. You're the salt. If people are looking for what's good and right, it's going to come from you, the church, the people of God. You are the light of the world, the light. See, the light kind of, you ever been, get up in the middle of the night and it's dark and you got no lights on? How many have ever fell over top of stuff, hurt your feet or something? I do it all the time, trying to not cut the light on to disturb my wife. But boy, you cut on the light. Light has a way of chasing away the darkness, doesn't it? You didn't have this. Return to Ephesians chapter 5. You don't have it, so don't worry about it. Ephesians chapter number 5. I know you don't have it, because I wasn't going to read it, but I got to go there. Because Ephesians chapter number 5. Look at this. Verse number 8. Start at verse number 8. Are you there? Say Amen. A couple of you are there? Two or three? Four or five? All right, got, got another one. All right, we're doing it. Now watch this. For you were once darkness. Now he's talking about the people of God. He's talking about us. He said, now you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Watch this. Walk then as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness. Look at this. This is light. This is how you know you're walking in light. All goodness, righteousness, and what? Truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no, watch this, now this is good, watch this, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Listen to this. Now, you are the light of the world. You know, light chases away darkness. Now, don't misunderstand me when I say this. Because... There's a difference between, you know, sometimes, you know, some Christians can, you know, we can be weird sometimes. You know, we can just be weird and scare people. You know, I had a lady one time who was, and she had this thing that she would go around, and I was right up here at Starbucks. You know Starbucks up here at Stafford Market? And, and she would tell me these testimonies how she would just go to these places, and, and, and she would lay hands on people, and they just fall over. And, uh, and that was her big thing. She wanted to see people fall over. And then so, so, and every time I see it, fall over. Now, I'm, listen, I got no problem being slain in the spirit. I got no problem. Listen, okay, that's, that's good. I got no problem. Let me tell you something. But don't, be run, don't live your Christian life looking for that. So she come up to me. She goes, well, well, can I pray for you? Because really what she was trying to do was to get me to fall. Now, there's a bunch of people out there, right? They're all sitting on the chair. Me and my wife were standing right there. You remember that night? We're standing there, and she said, I want to pray for you. I said, oh, no, sis, we ain't going to do that out here. You need to go say, I'm saved. I already know the Lord. Ain't no passing. I ain't falling over. We don't need to be weird, okay? We don't need to be weird. We don't want to scare people away. We think that we're crazy. Come on. 
We got to think about some stuff. We got to be real about stuff. We don't need to try to manufacture the spirit. The spirit can take care of itself. If people, if you're the light of the world, light chases away darkness. But where you go, people should be afraid to walk in darkness around you. Or they should be hesitant. If people can hang around you, say all kind of dirty jokes, unrighteous stuff, and do all, and, and they can do that around you, and, and, and they don't even hesitate, then something got to be up. Because when you walk in the light, people, they may still do what they do, but they're going to look at you and say, I'm sorry. You know, I know they ain't knew what you think. Because, and I tell people all the time, I, I, you know, I go on extraditions, my other job. And some of the guys who are on my squad, they don't want to go with me. Because I ain't going to the bars, I ain't getting drunk, and I ain't entertaining you talking about how big somebody else is, whatever, whatever is. Because I always say, well, brother, your wife is just as bad. She's better than that. So what's wrong with your wife, brother? They don't want to hear that from me. You know why? Because I'm exposing the light. I'm exposing the darkness. And what happened is it makes them a little bit uncomfortable. They, listen, if there's a, a wicked joke, if somebody's saying something that you know is ungodly, don't you laugh at it. Don't laugh at it. Don't give credibility to wickedness. You, listen, you can't stop people from doing what they do, right? You can't. But what you can do is, I ain't going to participate in it. Brother, I think that's wrong you talk about your wife like that. Sister, I think that's wrong. But I think it's wrong you use that kind of language. By the way, don't take the Lord's name in vain if you don't mind. I appreciate you not doing that. I mean, really. Because the light, you are called to expose darkness. You and I are called to open our mouth and say, now, that doesn't mean that you go grab people and you just, you know. I'm sorry, baby. I couldn't do it to nobody else, but I could do it to you because you could take it. Hallelujah. But it it doesn't mean that. But what it means is that that, that, that if I show up in your presence, don't ask me to come place. I'm telling you, if you want me to come to your place, come to your house. Don't ask me to come because I'm telling you, I'm going to call out the unrighteousness. I may not say nothing. I may just do it, do it more than likely I'm going to do it in my lifestyle. And sometimes when I don't have nothing to say, I just don't say nothing. Why? Because we got to hold up a standard. The church, listen, the church can't demote itself and become like the world. We're supposed to be challenging the culture to come up here. But if we sit back and we laugh at the dirty jokes <laughs> and laugh at people, these comedians that say all these kind of things that we know that are wrong and ungodly, how are we helping the cause? The church is, has become ineffective. We've got to promote what is good and right and decent in the world. He says, it's a shame even to talk about what people do behind closed doors. I say it's a shame how sometimes Christians are afraid to live out their faith. I think that's more of a shame. He says we are supposed to expose it. Expose it. But if nothing else, I can't, I can't laugh at that. He said have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Can't do that, brother. Well, then what's, what's your problem? You all stuck up. You think you're... Mightier, mightier and higher. What, 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 what did they say? Uh, uh, holier than now. 
You miss the right, and I just take the hit, call it whatever you want, brother. I am what I am. I don't apologize for being a Christian. And I'll tell you that I'm not perfect. None of us are. I will tell you that. I ain't no perfect person. But if I show up on the scene, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be like, whoa, 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 what's up? Why, why are you using that kind of language? You say you're a believer. You say you say, why are you talking like that? Why are you hating up on people like that? You say you love God. What are you doing? I thought you said you love the Lord. What's, I mean, you can't walk in that. See, the church got to hold each other accountable. See, look. See, this is what we got to do to one another. Hold each other accountable in love. Not in self-righteousness, but in love. I give you an example. I got to get really quick. I give you an example. Now, now hear me. I want to say this. I want to go on the record because somebody might go out here and misquote me. So I want you to listen to all I want you to do is listen to me very carefully. I want everybody in this church. I want the homosexual. I want the transvestite. I want the homeless. I want the stinky. I want the smell good. I want the black. I want the white. I want everybody because in God's kingdom, everybody is welcome. Right. Now, look at, if you will, I believe you have the verse. Look at this verse. Um, First Timothy chapter number three, verses 14 through 15. First Timothy chapter three, verses 14 and 15. Watch this. Now, I can't wait till you get there. So I'm, I got to run. So these things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. That you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Now, hear that. You know, a pillar, it supports things, right? A pillar, it, it, it supports things. The ground denotes the foundation on which a, 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 a building rests. The church is supposed to represent the truth. And we are to uphold it under every circumstance. I had a discussion. I have numerous discussions with people. And I tell people all the time, let me, I'm not picking. I'm not, now let, me t- let me say this. Let me preface what I'm about to say with this. If you commit adultery, it's, it's just as wrong. Any, any other kind of sin. You know, people say, well, homosexuality is not any worse. It's not. All sexual immorality is sexual immorality. Okay? That's what sexual immorality is. So it doesn't matter one is not greater than another. But here's the difference. Most people, if I say to you, and I want you to hear me carefully, most people, if I say to you, is adultery wrong? People will do it, but they'll be quick to tell you what? Yeah. Is it getting involved, you married, or you getting involved in prostitutional activity? Is that wrong? Everybody? Yeah. But here's the difference with this spirit that is going on today, this doctrine of the devil, with this issue of homosexuality. It's not that, for example, if somebody walk in and they say, Pastor, I'm struggling with that, we want to help people like that. If you come in and you got a problem with any kind of sin, we're going to be here, we're going to be a support, we're going to just chase you away. Brother, we're going to love you, but once you come to that door, understand that we're the pillar in the ground of the truth. Understand that. So then... The difference with this spirit, because I call it a spirit that is trying to pervert the gospel of God because it's saying that God approves of it. Therefore, it's right. That's the problem I have with this issue of homosexuality, this doctrine that's floating around today. That God loves it. Yes, God loves everybody. But listen, it's still wrong. You can say, brother, I'm struggling. 
And I said, okay, brother, I'm right there with you. But if you look at me and tell me, well, the Bible says that's okay for me to do that. God ain't got no issue with it. I heard the other day on TV, and then one lady was talking to this, this preacher. She said, well, that's what I got the problem with you all. You all try to say that homosexuality is a sin. I don't say it. The Bible says it's a sin. Just like any other sexual sin is a sin. Just like adultery is a sin. Just like fornication is a sin. All of it is a sin. No different. The difference here, though, is that we want to call evil good. And good evil. And the Bible says, woe unto them that do that. So you, you, there is no accident why this spirit is jumping up. Because I look at it. Don't look at it on the surface. It's something underneath that's driving that. And we got to come to a point where we say, listen. We love everybody. We welcome everybody. Understand that. I love homosexuals. I love trans. I love them all. I want every one of them to come in here. But I'm going to preach the truth to them in love. And I'm going to help you get healed. But you got to first come into agreement with God's word that God says is wrong. Because that is the pathway to healing. So the church got to uphold the truth. Well, Jesus is not the only way. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do when, you see, when people look at you and say you're being a bigot? What are you going to do with that? Because those, those are two things, a hot button, if you, unless you're living on another planet, those are hot button issues today. I'm going to tell you right now, they are hot button issues and people are afraid to talk about these things. Christians are afraid. But if we're going to be the pillar in the ground of the truth, how many know we got to hold it up? And sometimes, because we know the truth makes people free. Nothing else is going to make you free, brother. I can sit here and tell you what you want to hear, but it ain't going to get you free. You need to be free. You may be, you may be struggling. You may be having a hard time. We'll pray with you. We'll work with you. But you got to get it right. We'll help you through it. I had one pastor telling me, he said, yeah, man, they just want to be loved. I said, that's cool. He said he, got a whole, I said, he said he has a whole lot of them in the church. I said, that's good, brother, as long as you ain't telling them it's okay. Then that's cool. Just help them work through it. Give them a program. Pray with them. Slap some oil on their forehead. I mean, not slap some more, you know, puss me. <laughs> Always have to say that. Then, okay, my last verse, and we're done. 2 Timothy, chapter number 2. Now, 2 Timothy, chapter number 2, verses 4 and 1, and we're done. And, 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 and that's my promise. There's no other, no other scriptures coming. Now, you know, pastors get like four or five closings. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless y'all again this week because I blessed y'all last week. I got y'all out of here. Like my wife came. She said, why y'all get out so early? I said, oh, don't worry, baby. I'm going to get them next week. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. She was all like, I said, she was like, oh, you got out so quick. But, but listen, this, now this is a charge that the Apostle Paul was giving to Timothy. Right? He was saying this. He was a charge to Timothy. But I believe that it is relevant to every one of us that are here today. And I want you to look at this as if it is a mandate from God to you as a believer. That's the way I want you to look at this. Now watch. He says in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verses 1 through 4, he says, Paul was talking to Timothy. I charge you, therefore, all right, before God, And the Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. I know he's coming back and we're going to have to stand before him, everybody. Now watch this. I love how Paul put this to Timothy. He says, 
Preach the word. Not just any word, but preach the word. And I like that little, that little exclamation point at the end. Preach the word. But watch where he goes. He goes on further. He said, be ready in season and out of season. In other words, sometimes people get, oh, you're tired of passing. Preach it in season and out of season. When they, they want to hear it and when they don't want to hear it. I mean, we're living in a time right now where people don't want to hear the truth. They just don't want to hear it. But the Bible says that you and I have to preach the word, be in season and out of season. Preach it when they want to hear it and preach it when they don't want to hear it. And and, and watch this. Watch what he says, though. He says, now be ready. Uh, Verse number three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Are we living in that time? They don't want to hear it. He said, the time will come when they don't want to hear it. So if they don't want to hear it, where does that leave me and you? So what are we going to do now? Because he's saying the time will come. They don't want to listen to you. So at that point, what are you going to do? You got to make up in your mind, are you going to put your feet on the gas? Or are you going to put the thing, put your feet on the brake and slow down and, and throw the thing in park? What are you going to do? That's right. I hope put your feet on the gas because they don't want to hear you, but that does not... Uh, exclude you and me from preaching the truth, whether they want to hear it or whether they don't. I long to see a preacher get on in one of these, these TV shows and just tell a commentator straight up what the Bible says and don't try to apologize for it. I, I long for pre- somebody who just loves the word just, just to stand there and just to look. If I got to offend people, so what? I'm going to offend you in love because I love you. I love you. Tell my kids all the time, I love you, but you can't, you can't eat that all the time because it ain't good for you. They don't understand that. They don't understand that. If you give them everything, they, they don't understand that. So you got to tell them the truth. You got to tell them. You got to tell them because love rejoices in truth and love protects people. It saves people. It helps people. When you deprive people of truth, you are doing them a disservice and you are forfeiting your calling as a believer and one who was born into the family of God. It is our responsibility Not to sit back and let the world run over top of us and we just sit back and just look and say, okay, well, we just have our Bible study today and we won't bother nobody. Please, come on, let's get out, let's make a difference. Wherever you go, don't be intimidated. Oh, gosh. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Isn't this something? Listen to this. According to their own desires, because they have itching ears. In other words, itching ears mean, you know, people got an itch they want to scratch. In other words, I, I, I want, I, I, if, if you don't preach what I want to hear, then I'll find me somebody who will. A lot of people, that's how they church hunt. <laughs> Not necessarily always looking for truth, but just somebody who would agree with me. He said, because the time will come when they will have itching ears and, and, and they're going to heap up teachers according to their own desires and lusts. And some of these guys you see on TV, they be bringing out this like, it's like the dog. You know you got a dog? You know look at You try to talk to your dog, your dog can't look at you like, <laughs> like they're trying to get him. I'm like looking like, what? a man of the cloth? 
what is it? What, what, what's happening to us? What's happening to the church? Let me tell you something, people. We're in a cultural battle here. We're not called to retreat. Nobody here has been told to disarm. Everybody has been told to pick up your sword and fight. Fight, every one of us. He says, be, verse number five, and I'm done. He says, be, be ye watchful, but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Uh-oh. Endure affliction because they're going to yell at you. They're going to talk about you, right? And in fact, some of your buddies, you're going to lose them. Some of the people that you love dearly, some of the contacts, some of the people that may even be funding you, paying your way, helping you in some way, you will lose them when you start telling the truth. But he says, endure it, afflictions. Endure it. Be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. You know what he was telling with Timothy? Do what God told you to do no matter what. No matter what the opposition says. And then this last verse, I read it, verse number five. But you be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of the ministry. I, said, I think I did, I did read that, didn't I? Do the work of the evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Yeah, you got it. So, here we are. Here we are. We're, we're in the cultural warfare. Um, it's not going to get any easier for us. It's not. It's not going to get any easier for you to, to be a believer. It's not going to be any easier for you to want to walk with God. But boy, it's going to be real exciting if you submit to him. Because he'll do stuff in He'll take you places you never thought you'd go. He'll empower you in ways you never thought that he could use you. Every eye is closed, every head is bowed.